Let's begin. We're going to start with a subject that has likely not been discussed in various trainings, nor will you be able to find it in various readings. But ultimately, it's where everything begins. Because this subject is likely unfamiliar to you, at first blush, it may seem a bit uncomfortable. Or you may not even be clear, well, how does this apply? Where are we going? As you see how this initial core concept is the driving force behind everything else that will be covered in this training, you'll understand why I would say that in many cases, when we go to various trainings, we may get many pearls, best practices, great concepts. There are lots of pearls, but there's no necklace. There is a through line to this particular training that will illuminate not just what I cover here, but many things that I will not be able to cover just to the length of time. As you see how this initial core concept is the driving force behind everything else that will be covered in this training, and you're out there in the trenches having your day-to-day -day experiences with advisors, validating for yourself the things that are said in the training, you will understand clearly why we began with this fundamental principle. The principle that I'm referring to is attention. Attention. What you sometimes hear spoken of in sports as focus. You know, in school, uh, it would not be unusual for a teacher to say, young man, pay attention, young woman, pay attention. But did they ever teach you how? Why is attention the core concept that would allow one to arrive at a state of mastery when it comes to persuasive communication skills? What is there to learn about attention? And how does attention even relate to communication skills? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let us begin with a brief experiment. I'm going to ask you to do something, and when I do, something will happen inside of your mind. Just notice what happens inside of your mind. I want you to pay attention to your left big toe. I want you to pay attention to your left big toe. Now, the reality is, is that unless your toe was amputated, did you notice that you have a left big toe? The answer is yes. So I could say you have a left big toe, you just weren't paying attention to it until I brought it up, right? Likewise, I could say you have an attention, but then I'd be lying because upon observation, what we will discover is that we don't have an attention. Our attention has us. What I mean by that is we are not at cause over our attention. We live at the effect of our attention. Put another way, people live at the effect of distraction. And in today's society, that's even more so than in years gone by. One of the main ways that you will begin to refine your own ability to focus, your own ability to communicate and boost your performance, is through the ongoing study of your own attention. This will literally make everything else that I say possible. Let's take this a step further. I'd like you to pay attention to your attention. Now, that's a rather curious exercise, to pay attention to one's attention. If you do that, you will quickly notice that we are frequently inattentive. And this lack of attentiveness is a bigger issue in communication skills than we would imagine at this point. Now, let's take a look at another aspect of attention besides the frequency. And if we honestly look at the frequency, we would see that we are frequently inattentive. Now, I want you to take a look at what is the duration of your attention. For how long do you pay attention? 
Not only will this allow you to measure the length of your attention, but it will give you a greater degree of focus as you listen to this very training. I'm going to count, and while I do, all you need to do is pay attention. Even while driving, you can engage in this simple exercise. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to count, and what you will do is you will merely pay attention to your attention and just notice what number I'm at when a thought first crosses your mind, other than listening to me count. At that moment, just simply notice what number I'm at. The exercise begins now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Stop. Stop. Well, notice what number you were at when a thought first crossed your mind. Please know that whatever number you were at, that that number represents the length of your attention when you're actually making an effort. Let's be honest. In everyday situations, do we find that we're making that kind of effort? You know, look, I wish it was enough to merely train you and your communication skills as I will in this recording, but it is not sufficient. You will have to have a higher level of mental focus to arrive at a place of communication and persuasive mastery. How do you gain more control of your attention? Is that something that we actually can have an effect or an impact on? Is it really something that we can gain a level of mastery over? I do want to say before we go there that this is only one half of the problem. I wish it was as easy as noticing that our own attention is infrequent or fragmented and that our attention is commonly short. But in fact, you could say that the other problem is even larger, which is how do you get the advisor to pay attention? How do you get them to focus? First, if you can't get yourself to focus, highly unlikely you're going to be able to get them to focus. We must begin with you. Let's be clear that one of the fundamental reasons that individuals fail to gain traction with advisors is because advisors, by dint of their job and all the things coming at them, typically have very short attention spans. Your having a short attention span is certainly not helping this matter. You will also see that every single skill that I will train you in regarding your persuasive communication skills with advisors can be easily understood or even observed by yourself if you understand the fundamental principle of attention and focus. I'm going to challenge you to use the rest of this training as a workout for your attention and to make an effort to focus. Let me tell you what I mean by making an effort to focus. We have one more concept as it relates to attention. And this will allow us from here to move forward. I'd like you to think of your attention as having three levels. Looked at another way, we could say there are three forms of attention. The way to see this is to conceptualize if we were to divide a person into three functions. Body, emotion, mind. Body, emotion, mind. That would allow us to see that these three functions actually modify the attention when they have the attention under their control. 
When the attention is under the control of your body, that form of thinking we refer to as thinking by association. It's literally like one thought triggers the next thought triggers the next thought in a fairly random fashion. This is commonly referred to as drifting, daydreaming, reacting, being asleep. There are many ways that this is identified in various forms of literature. What it actually looks like on the inside is something like this. You're sitting in front of your computer, you're doing some work, an image of a triangle comes on the screen, and you think to yourself for a moment, wow, I'd love to see the pyramids. I'd love to travel. You know, if I went to Egypt, I'd be riding through the desert on a camel like Lawrence of Arabia with the wind blowing through my hair. I can't believe when I was a kid I tried to smoke. How could I have smoked camel non-filter cigarettes? How can you smoke a cigarette without a filter? That's just nasty. All that taro, that nicotine. Wait, speaking of filters, I think the car is overdue for an oil change. Speaking of which, where are my car keys? Why, why, why are my kids always moving my stuff? Where are my keys? Oh, I bet that's never happened to you. Let me ask you, have you ever, have you ever found yourself starting out in the kitchen and then you sort of wake up in the bathroom and it's not because you have to go to the bathroom and you're not really sure why you're there. You want to notice that a lot of time in life is spent on automatic pilot, particularly in circumstances like while driving. But unfortunately, it doesn't just stop there. It goes on in the actual meetings that we're having with advisors. When the attention is under the command of the emotions, we have a very different phenomena. This looks more like when you can't stop thinking about something. This is where worry lives. It is the source of where anxiety lives. It's where obsessions live. It's where a, a compulsions live. It is the source of all fixations. It is also where a person experiences suffering. You can appreciate that the news media is only able to fixate people's attention through the constant propagation, through the constant promotion of bad news. What they do is they create an emotional hook where people experience fear or concern. And this allows them to keep the person's attention for an extended period of time. This is also where people experience the fear of rejection as well as call reluctance. All of which is because the attention has somehow become fixated in the emotional center. There is a third form of attention. The first two, by the way, while they seem very, very different. I mean, you could say that when you're thinking by association, that your thinking is much too fluid to be of optimal value. When your attention is under your emotions, you could say that your attention is much too rigid or too fixed to be of optimal value. What they both have in common is that in both cases, you have no control. There is a third form of attention, and you've actually already practiced it in this training. When the attention is under the direction of the mind, we refer to that as directed attention. Directed attention is what you did when I was counting, and you made an effort to pay attention. You could say, in this case, effort equates to directed attention. Effort equates to directed attention. This will play out in many ways over the course of this training. So do not be deceived by the simplicity of it. The bottom line is that you will need to direct your attention in order to achieve the higher levels of focus that will be needed to make you a truly great communicator. To be a truly great persuasive communicator, 
requires an effort. While it may not please you to know that this will require an effort, let me give you the good news. Because it takes an effort, what you also get simultaneously is control. Where there is no effort, there is no control. Where there is effort, there is also control. In our case, we are certainly looking to have a higher level of control, not just over ourselves, but over the very advisors we are responsible for leading. You will find ultimately that as you learn through this training the various ways in which you need to direct your attention to be maximally effective, that another factor will kick in. That factor can be best understood by understanding the principle of entrainment. Entrainment. Entrainment, for example, can be seen when you place clocks with pendulums on a wall that are swinging at very different rates. Over a period of time, they will synchronize and they will all begin to move at the same rate. If you're going through an airport and you see a three-year-old throwing a fit, ah, right? And you see a parent standing over them basically throwing their own version of a fit, right? Let me ask you, who is being entrained to who? Well, in that case, you could say that the adult is acting like a child. In reality, the adult is entraining to the child. There are many ways in this training that you will be learning how to get others to entrain to you. That you will learn how to get, maintain, and yes, control the listener's attention. We don't really need to focus on controlling other people's attention as much as you would think because if you control your own, they will begin to migrate in your direction by dint of this principle of entrainment. When it comes to communication skills, this is an invaluable bit of knowledge. Let us move on to see the application of this in practical terms in many ways as it relates to your communication skills. However, as we do, let us continue to use this very training itself as an opportunity to strengthen the muscle of attention. Once again, I'm going to challenge you to make a mental effort to direct your attention as you proceed through this training anytime you find yourself drifting. Let's consider it a kind of workout, a kind of working training, as opposed to a mere passive listening experience, shall we? Let's take a look at your communication skills. One of the first things that the study of attention allows us to confront is the fact that there's a fair amount of time that people spend acting like they're listening. Put another way, we all have the experience of people talking and at times realizing that we're not really listening, whether it's at home or at work. We assume on some level that other people are somehow doing something different, and they're not. We have to understand that first and foremost, what has a lot of interactions not go well is not necessarily what you said. It's the fact that the other person wasn't listening. When was the last time you were in a meeting? Maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes in? 20 minutes in? And the advisor turns to you and suddenly says, hey, you know what? I apologize. But you know, for the last five minutes while you've been talking, I've actually been having fantasies about my wife. I apologize. I didn't hear a darn thing you said. Would you mind going back over what you said for just the last five minutes? I apologize for that. How often does that ever happen to you? What about never? How many times do you think people are actually drifting when you're talking to them? 
And how do you prevent that from happening? Be clear, most of what people call a conversation or a dialogue is really two parallel monologues or alternating soliloquies. What I mean is that while one person's talking, the other person's busy thinking about what they're going to say, and then as soon as they stop and the other person starts talking, the other person starts thinking about what they're going to say. That is not a conversation. It is not a dialogue. And there is no listening. 